welcome to the Huntsback Country Podcast. This is episode number 437, and it's going to be our final episode of 2023, which is crazy. Another year down. Thank you guys for your support of the podcast. We are excited about what's to come in 2024 and glad to have you guys along with us for that. In today's episode, we are joined by Dustin, the founder of Mountain Tough. I'm sure that many of you guys have heard of Mountain Tough, but they do programming for fitness and mental toughness for hunters. And we'll learn more about the background of Mountain Tough, what they have to offer for you, including some new things for 2024, and a whole lot more. So I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Be sure to check out the link in the show description if you want to explore more of what Mountain Tough has to offer, including a free trial. So thanks to Dustin for this conversation. It's pretty wide ranging on everything from everyday fitness to training specifically for backcountry hunts. We talk about the things that people who aren't specific in their training may be neglecting, injury prevention, and mental toughness, and a whole lot more. It's a great conversation that I enjoyed, and I know you will too, so thanks for tuning in. All right, well, Dustin, welcome to the podcast, man. I think it's uh, long overdue. Uh, I think we first met just like super briefly, ran into each other at a SIG event at SHOT Show or something years ago, but... Haven't had you on the podcast and glad to finally do it. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great opportunity and honored to be here with you guys. I'm sure most listeners are probably familiar with Mountain Tough, what it is. I guess we should at least start there, though, in case people aren't familiar. Can you give us a 30,000 foot view of Mountain Tough? Yeah, for sure. So Mountain Tough is the the fitness app trusted by the dedicated is what one of our brand slogans is. And so we have been focused on mission specific training for the backcountry hunter since 2016. And so we deliver all of that training to our customers via native app. So customers access our training on a native app, whether that's iPhone or Android or Roku or some of the other smart TV streaming platforms. We're native across all those platforms and we're delivering backcountry hunter specific training across a, a wide variety of programming. And so folks can train with Mountain Tough regardless of their fitness level and regardless of their equipment. And so there'll be programs available for beginners to elite athletes and there's programs in the app available for folks that like to train with body weight, minimal gear, and full gear. And so people can do Mountain Tough anytime, anywhere, regardless of their fitness level or their gym equipment needs. And then also Mountain Tough has a really strong ethos on taking care of our community holistically. So inside of the app, the Mountain Tough community is also doing a lot of training mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and nutritionally in conjunction with their physical programs as well. What do you say is your number one goal that you're trying to get? Like, what's the, um, essentially, someone wants to get in shape at hunting. What's the top priority for that person? 
Is it cardiovascular strength, endurance? Yeah. So, so mountain tough's goal is we, we want all of our mountain toughers, any customer that is training with us, our, our big conversational piece related to that question that we talk about a lot is we want our customers to thrive and flourish in the back country. And so we know that the back country is also always going to be tough and it's always going to be strenuous and there's all, always going to be outside elements that are thrown into that equation. So the weather and the, you know, the elevation are always going to be kickers and the back country is never going to be easy, but we do know that there's an ability to train properly so that you can, you can thrive on these hunts. And so for, someone who's coming out West for the first time, maybe they're coming from the Midwest to Colorado on an elk hunt with, with improper training or no training or a lack of training. That situation is going to be very difficult to thrive in. And so a non-thriving example is usually a hunter will have the ability to get into camp, but on a on a do-it-yourself backcountry hunt in the mountains of Colorado with with very very little training, usually what we see is that hunter might be stuck in the tent on day two or might be stuck in the tent on day three because of soreness or fatigue, and so that's the the last thing that we want to happen with a mountain tough customer. We want them to to come out on these trips and live the trip to its fullest potential and to thrive and flourish on that trip. So we want them to, to feel good on day six, just as good as they felt on day one. And the demands of the demands of backcountry hunting are unique. We talk about it a lot that it, it's one of the most unique athletes in the world. So if you look at all other professional sports, you have, you know, soccer, football, basketball, and then you have the elite training that's going on in the military with special operations. All of those elite professional organizations are going to train their clientele in a mission-specific model. So they're going to break down the needs of what does it take to be successful at this job. And they're going to train specifically to those skill requirements. And so that's what we're doing at Mount Tough is we're training to the specific skill requirements that a backcountry hunter needs to be successful. And the reason that they're different than any other athlete in the world is the demands of a heavy pack on a pack out. So like the military is doing a lot of strenuous missions with heavy packs going in but nothing really compares to what a backcountry hunter is going to experience after successfully harvesting an animal so if you successfully harvest an elk in the backcountry and if you're alone you know it's extra demanding but if you have one buddy with you it's still at a whole new level where if you're seven miles back you're going to have to come out several times with 80 to 100 pound loads and then you're going to have to go back in there empty and do it all over again. And that that's what makes the backcountry hunter unlike any other athlete. And so looping back all the way around to that original question of 
what's most important uh, and what do we work on the most. It, it's definitely a pillar approach. So you can't just be good at one thing and hit all the skill requirements. So you need to be extremely strong, but you also need to have extremely high levels of endurance and stamina and cardio. And so we focus on strength, stamina, uh, cardio, endurance, and mental toughness. And the mental toughness can can certainly trump the physical toughness sometimes. Yeah, certainly. What is a guy who has, uh, I don't want to say informal training or maybe non-strategic training, meaning the guy who's like, oh, just to get in shape for hunting season, like I just hike with a pack or I just trail run or something like that. I mean, great things to do certainly should be part of the approach. But if they're only doing that, what do you think they're missing? And I, I know that that depends on the individual, but I would say what would be common things that they would be missing if they're just taking that like very, to be in shape to hunting, I just hike or I just trail run or I just, you know, do that that basic thing and don't specifically work on anything else. Yeah, so there's a lot of factors that play related to that question. One is, it, it's interesting because that's exactly one of the reasons that Mountain Tough was formed. And so Mountain Tough was in a way formed out of that experience personally for me. So I'm a Montana kid. I was born and raised in Montana and we came from this really big family. So my dad had seven brothers and I had all these uncles that were obsessed with archery elk hunting. And so we spent a lot of time archery elk hunting across the Rocky Mountain West. And my dad was a, a competitive archery shooter. And so like archery elk hunting was our family's thing. It was our bread and butter. It was our passion. And in college, I started specifically lifting weights to get better in the backcountry, and so i was doing a lot of weight training to try to help my success in the backcountry in college and then about halfway through college i met my wife and my wife was a marathon runner and a runner that was her huge passion and so i kind of dove into that head first with her and we're pretty obsessive and anything we do, we kind of go over the top on. And so that led us down this journey of, of running a lot of marathons and quite a few ultra marathons and the ultra marathons in that day were primarily 50 Ks. So we were, we were running a lot of 50 Ks and the, at first I was like, man, this, this 50 K mountain trail running is the perfect combination to be very successful at that you're going to be elk hunting in later that year sometimes just a few months later and it turned out to be one of my most difficult hunting seasons ever and what happened was with all of that running all of that trail running and all of that training for those 50ks i had lost enough strength that the pack out was one of my worst packouts of all time that fall. So it was a really interesting dichotomy because 
I was very lean and mean and I was able to fly through the mountains because of all that running and all that cardio, but it, 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 I lost too much strength that it made the pack out one of my worst ever and one of my most difficult ever. And that's kind of really part of the recipe when these light bulbs went off for mountain tough was someone should train in a mission specific manner for backcountry hunting and the mission specific manner is going to be different than just all cardio. And so the mistake that we see all the time is that kind of mistake. Number one, we call it mistake. Number one. And the mistake number one is that a hunter is going to be preparing for a trip and they're going to only focus on one pillar and one pillar that is primarily used. The most common one is the example that you threw out, Steve, and that's the example of only doing cardio. And so you see a lot, you see a lot of hiking and you see a, a lot of running. And you also see a lot of guys just going to the gym and doing the stair climber or the elliptical. And certainly that's better than no training at all. But that lack of strength usually turns around uh, and impacts someone extremely negatively after the hunter is successful and they have to really throw those heavy packs on their back. The, the heavy packs require uh, a lot more strength in the chassis of a human. So their, you know, their traps have to be strong. Their hips have to be strong. Their core has to be strong. And, and that's difficult to prepare for uh, when you're only doing cardio. Do you think that's the missing piece is like the guy who only does cardio it, I would assume that some people, maybe the guy who, maybe that the guy who's only done cardio, when they hear you talk about strength is missing, they may go to, well, I have to squat heavy or deadlift heavy or bench press heavy, like, you know, the the quote unquote core lifts. Like that's all some people think of in strength. Um, mm -hmm. And you certainly can use those things, I think, to to help you, but. I would assume you're not just meaning maximal strength, meaning like even for your own experience, how you said you went from lifting to marathon running and then you're kind of beat up by the pack out because you had lost so much strength. That loss of strength doesn't just mean that like your one rep max went down, but that you had less strength throughout your system, like connectivity through the chassis. Like, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. Can you clarify like the difference between those? Because I've experienced that I, personally. So <laughs> I think I know what I'm talking about from my personal experience, but don't know how to like relay that or even ask the question. Yeah, that's a really good example. And I think uh, a helpful way to think about that is it, it is great for a backcountry or military athlete to live at a certain strength baseline. And so once you have your strength baseline at a sustainable, healthy level, then you are correct in that after that, you are focused a lot more on muscle endurance and capacity. So capacity is really kind of the ultimate goal for a backcountry or a military athlete. And so they want the ability to, to have the muscular endurance to do a lot of 
volume at a at a higher weight without their central nervous system uh, crashing and burning. And so as your capacity goes up, you're able to you're able to move heavier weights for quite longer than someone with low capacity. And that that doesn't mean focusing at all on your one rep max. The the one rep and the three rep and the five rep max type programming can be extremely, extremely valuable to get someone from below a strength baseline to above a strength baseline. So just for example, um, there's a lot of different theories on what a strength baseline should look like for a backcountry hunter, but there are some general rules of thumb that help people visualize that example. So a general rule of thumb would be if you can't, if you can't back squat your body weight safely for 10 reps, then you're probably below a strength baseline for a, for a healthy injury-free backcountry hunter or military athlete. So if someone came into our lab for personal training and, and we noticed that they were below strength baseline, we would run them through a strength baseline block first to get that strength up. And then we would start focusing on a lot more capacity, endurance, and stamina, and functional hybrid fitness after they hit that baseline. And a lot of the reason that we do that at Mountain Tough is the strength baseline is is running that whole chassis. And hunters can be quite successful without that baseline. So you'll always see stories and a lot of people have friends that can just cruise through the mountains and can also do pack outs quite well without having any sort of strength baseline. But the thing that, that we preach is that people do that and they do that successful, but it, it doesn't usually lead to very good longevity. And so we want our customers to be able to do this for 10, 20, 30 years. So if someone's crushing it in the mountains in their thirties, we want them to be thriving the mountains in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, and 70s. And that's going to come down to the strength baseline running that chassis. And it's also going to really protect them from, from injuries. So, so being strong is a really good way to be safe. And so we always focus on, on getting to that baseline first. And then from there, we're going to go into that hybrid training to work on um, balance asymmetrical legs and then the chassis the core the stabilizers we're going to work on that after we have someone at baseline so the real risk in not meeting some baseline strength is it's it it somewhat affects your performance yes but it really is a risk of like durability it really is. Yeah. It's the number one factor related to like an athlete's durability and resilience. And it's definitely the number one factor related to injury. So if someone's not at baseline, they might sneak by with, with three, five, six, you know, back country experiences without an injury. But if you really look at the science, their injury risk 
is so much higher than someone who has the strength to back it up. What type of injuries are we talking about? Like what would be some examples? Uh, usually the injury that that you are going to see is going to be low back. So you're going to see a lot of um, spinal disc herniation issues. And that's related to just like the the core strength isn't ready to handle the loads that they're throwing on their back in the in the the spine's going to handle all that compression because their chassis is not ready to handle it so that load's going to go into the spine so you're going to see a lot of disc issues and then after that you're going to start seeing a lot of knee issues so there's that hip knee ankle connection and so they they're all working together and when someone so when someone's weak on their strength work usually the knee's not going to stay in proper alignment and that knee's definitely not going to stay under proper alignment under heavy loads and so that's where we usually see a lot of knee issues starting to arise is because that knee's kicking outside of alignment when we put someone under load yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> every, third, every, every third, fourth year, my my knee. But usually, it, tie, it ties into. Uh, it's I know it's up in my hips because some PT work I've done. Like if I really focus on that, then the knee issue is pretty pretty calm. Yeah, yeah. It's usually almost always. Uh, it's usually up in the hips or it's dorsiflexion in the ankle, but the 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 hip related issue is usually related to strength, making sure that you know, folks have, you know, strong quads and strong hamstrings and a really strong glute and glute med is, is going to keep that knee in alignment in rugged terrain. Do you, there's certainly some key to un, like, have you found a cheat code to unlock? Is there certain types of training that you're seeing better results on as far as that? You know, I would, I would argue that the most important thing is a hunter and you kind of mentioned it there is, is on day 10, you feel as good as day one. You're strong. You've done, you've maybe already done a pack out. You hiked back in, you're feeling great. Have you found any, yeah, any results from maybe different types of training that seem to get to that result quicker? Yeah. I think what I've seen over the last couple of years is a, athlete that's focusing on of a variety of training is is usually kind of finding that cheat code and so for example the athletes that are are thriving on day nine and ten are that usually they're usually structuring their training in a way that they have they have a really good ruck day, so they're still doing one long day a week with their heavy pack on their back. Uh, they have a really good uh, interval running day where they're working on their threshold and their threshold training and their, their lactic acid threshold and their VO2 max. And then they have two solid strength days per week so that they're staying strong while they're while their cardio endurance is also going up. So the, the folks that are usually thriving have a very holistic, very 
balanced uh, training approach. Got it. I think I've we're kind of, obviously hunted with a lot of different guys, and then you know we're coming up on year ten of the death hike, and it's always some guys you look at and go, "Oh, you're going to crush it, right?" Like you're you look like you're in fantastic shape, and they get like ten miles into the hike and like, dude, what? Like you're not doing so well. And then the other guy who's like completely unassuming just crushes through and just breezes through everything. He's never sweating. He's never working hard. And there's like, there's got to be, you know, something there to put your finger on to kind of point to what type of training does better than others. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Have you guys found any themes from the death hike of what's causing the people to be successful the most? It, you know, me personally is just putting in a lot of miles, varying, you know, um, varying one day will be like heavy pack, short distance. One day will be medium weight, but speed then long, like long, slow days where I just, you know, 30 pounds in the back, but I just cover 10, 15 miles. Um, I think I, we've had a whole gamut of guys try different training strategies and some, you know, uh, seen good results from a lot of different ways. Uh, and that's why kind of why I was asking, like, what's the cheat code? You know, like what is the, uh, what can, um, you know, what's a recipe to follow that is consistently producing results. Yeah. And it sounds like, yeah, that, ba- I mean, the balanced approach makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely what I've seen. And then, you know, I've, I've definitely seen with the cheat code, the people that are, are stronger mentally in my experience are always quite a bit, you know, more successful. So someone, someone who's been doing some work on their mindset and their mental toughness and, and kind of fighting against mental weakness through their training strategically, that's definitely a big part of the cheat code. So someone, someone thriving in the backcountry especially that example of someone who looks kind of unassuming in my experience is usually really closely related to their, their mindset, which is awesome. What do you do specifically at mountain tough to work on mindset with guys? Yeah. So that we love that stuff. And that's always been our favorite stuff. Day one, when we formed mountain tough and formed our original team, uh, mental toughness was priority number one. And, and the reason that we did that was we did a, we did a big research study in 2017 and we looked at a lot of successful backcountry hunters. And we specifically were looking at people that were successful over decades. So we, we knew that there, there was always folks that could, uh, go in the elk woods in September and, and harvest a bull and be successful. But we really wanted to understand the people that have been consistently successful for 20 years or so. And so we did a lot of interviews and research with some key folks that had been really successful over 20 years. And what we found was it always came down to mindset. And so mindset has always been incredibly important to us and we're doing it a lot of different ways at mountain tough through the app now and it's evolving over time and so what we do a lot of at mountain tough from a mindset perspective 
is baked into all of our programs. And so whether you're doing a Mountain Tough minimal gear program or whether you're doing a Mountain Tough full gear program in the app to get ready for backcountry hunting, hunting season, we're always working on your mindset each and every day in the actual programs that you're going through. So from a fitness perspective, um, we're doing that in some some creative ways, a lot of creative ways that that we learned from some of our military folks at Mountain Tough. So for example, that could be we're always looking to turn your ceilings into floors. So we're gonna we're gonna show you something in a workout example that you're gonna see and it's gonna look fairly impossible or nearly impossible. And then we're gonna get you through that workout and then now your ceiling is your new floor. So we're going to push you thing, push you through things that look impossible so that you realize that it is possible. And it also teaches you a lot about um, micro goals. So the micro goal is probably one of the greatest, you know, mental toughness hacks. A lot of guys will talk it, talk about it from the example of, just make it to breakfast and the make it to breakfast tagline comes from like the, the Navy SEAL community. So if someone goes through buds and they are successful and most of the time you ask them, why were you successful? What, when 80% of the other folks, the other students were not that 90% of the time, the answer is, well, I was just focused on, making it to breakfast. And then once I made it to breakfast, I was focused on making it to lunch. And then once I made it to lunch, I was focusing on making it to dinner and that they weren't looking at the long-term perspective. They were looking at one rep in front of the next one foot in front of the next one block in front of the next block. And so we do a lot of that in mountain tough inside of our programming now and it's actually scientifically related to the neural pathways in your brain and the hormone responses. So if I, if I look at a hard block of training and say, I just can't do this for six more weeks and I let my mindset go negative, I actually will get a, a cortisol release and the cortisol release is going to make my day a lot worse. And so we're teaching our consumers to to fight that cortisol release from happening and you have to stop it from happening uh, within 60 seconds. So if you can stay in the positive mindset rather than negative, if you can stay solution focused rather than problem focused within 60 seconds, that cortisol won't release and then you're able to stay at optimal performance. So in the programming, we're doing a lot of stuff related to that. And then we also have added a lot inside of the app in the last two years that is additional supplementary content that is just straight mental toughness curriculum. So we have a mindset 1.0 course in the app and we also have mindset 2.0 and that's non-workout related. So that's just working with the customers um, in an educational format, letting them know like what mental toughness is, what mental weakness is, what that looks like. And so those are more like um, like PhD level courses that 
the customer can go through outside of their normal programming. That's that stuff's fascinating to me. How the brain impacts and your thoughts and yeah, how that all oh. interacts and impacts your body. And you, if, it's I awesome. Mean, yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, that stuff is awesome. I mean, the mental hacks that that people can apply to their lives are for me personally like the coolest things ever. And it's you know, it's it's never ending. There's always one more to find. And the cool thing about the mental side is it just starts applying in all these other areas of your life. So it applies at work. It applies at home. Um, it applies in a, a business crisis or a financial crisis. It's it's kind of, it's setting up your, you're working on setting up your life in a way where you're kind of anti-fragile. So a lot of this mental toughness training that we're doing is like we don't want our customers to be fragile. We want them to be anti-fragile. So the opposite of fragile so that anything that life throws their way, they're just going to dig deeper into their protocols and come out of it stronger on the other side. I like that. Earlier you said the make people's ceilings, their floors. And like Mark and I, we were talking about this on the podcast the other day that there is no hard doesn't exist, right? Like it's purely a state of mind. Do you have any, like, imagine you have plenty of examples of that, of guys who are, yeah, come in and like, oh my God, that seems, that's so tough. I can't do that. And then the next thing they know, that becomes the baseline of like, oh, I, I'm just getting warmed up. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we definitely see that all the time. I mean, you, you'll see people where like, like running a 5K with their kids seems impossible. And then, you know, pretty soon they're, they're running like 10Ks, half marathons and marathons. And then, by the end of that year, the you know the 5K looks like a warming training run. It's pretty cool. Have you ever seen someone max out? Like I'm sure, obviously, it's a a curve, right? Like you've when you're starting with from zero to get to 90, percent but then like it just seems like you can keep training, keep working, and keep improving, right? Or, or do you believe there's a physical top line limit to what we're capable of? I don't see a limit right now, at least in my personal experience. I, from everything that everything that I've seen, working with the Mountain Tough community and and folks coming into our lab, I every time I see that, I I really feel like as a society, as a country, we've only kind of barely scratched the surface of human performance. It, it seems like we're still really early on on what is actually possible and you can you continue to kind of see signs of that all over the place and one example i use is when my wife and i were really kind of diving into that running community at that time that was like 2017 18 you know the the 100 miler in the mountain runs was the big thing back then and only a few years after you know, they started kicking out these 250 mile trail runs and in the ultra running community, like a 250 now is fairly common. And, you know, there's a handful of two 250s you can sign up for around the country, which is just mind blowing because a hundred mile mountain run used to be the top of the food chain. And then, you know, the next option that's kind of thrown out, as a common option is a 250. So 
So they more than doubled the, they more than doubled the, you know, the hardest option and people are doing them all the time. So like what we're actually capable of is, is really fun to just scratch on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Limitations time too, right? Like the people who have the capability to have time and like constantly push that limit, whether that's the quote unquote human limit or just their limits. It's like, there's a certain point where you just have to have time, right? To develop that capability and continue to extend it. Yeah. Yeah. Time is definitely a, a huge factor. A lot of the, a lot of the CrossFit games competitors that we've had a chance to uh, bring on all, like our Mountain Tough podcast. It's been interesting chatting with those folks and learning that, you know, a lot of them were training from like eight to four at the gym. And we saw the same thing with the guy that won Best Ranger last year. His name is Luke. And um, Best Ranger is kind of like the military's version of the CrossFit games. And he was also, you know, training from like eight to four, eight to five, and then doing extra training in the evenings after he got home. So, 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 some people that are really pushing the limit are are training, you know, forty hours a week in in a lot of different ways. They're not they're not doing high intensity forty hours a week, but they're they're focused on something, you know, forty or fifty hours a week. This is like super personal, but I kind of wanted to hear about your experience. going from just like starting mountain tough you know i learned more even this conversation like lifting in college getting into marathons ultra marathons but i was curious and this goes into time your transition to starting mountain tough and obviously is just growing and growing and growing over years what has your training looked like or even what does it look like today are you in a position where hey i'm at the gym every day like i own the gym so i have plenty of time or do you like a lot of business owners like feel all the demands of business and time and family and training? And I mean, for you, what is your sweet spot of like the time you're investing in training these days? Yeah, that's, that's a fun question. Cause I have certainly gone through the roller coaster of that as mountain tough has, has grown and changed and evolved and in the last year, I feel like I'm in a really, a really cool, awesome spot. And one thing related to that question that's been really helpful for me in the last um, seven years, even longer than that, but it's one thing I always recommend people do. And I always recommend that outside of hunting, I think, People should sign up, you know, every year for something that's quite hard and challenging for them. And so for quite a few years, we would sign up for some of the like Spartan beast uh, events. And then for quite a few years, we signed up for different trail marathons that were unique, that kind of had like some crazy vertical challenge element to them. And then recently I've been signing up for one uh, high rocks event per year and high rocks is kind of this new test of hybrid fitness that's, that's going around globally. That's getting pretty viral and it's kind of this test of strength and cardio at the same time. But 
I bring that up because signing up for that every year, regardless of what it is, I just try to find something that is humbling, something that it, you're really going to not want to miss training sessions for, or you could fail. So I try to find something every year that I don't want to fail at that is going to be hard. And if I am not focused on my training, I'm going to have a really bad day. So that, that has certainly helped me. Um, and then what my training looks like now is, is I get a morning training session in, uh, every morning at six. So uh, I live kind of out in the country. So I wake up at five to get here by six. And then I train from six to seven. And that's been a huge hack for me. It, it, it's been one of my greatest hacks because, um, I have two young daughters. So I have an 11 year old and a nine year old and, and they're sleeping at that time. So they're not going to wake up until 7.30 or 8. And so the reason I love that hack is I'm not missing out on any family time at all uh, to get that training done. And so my wife's sleeping and my daughters are sleeping. I'm able to be training. And I'm able to train before anyone else is in the office. And I'm already, I already have one training session under my belt before anyone else shows up for work that day. So my brain's fresh. Um, all the endorphins are running and my like cognitive function is really high because I've already trained that morning and I didn't sacrifice spending any time, uh, with friends or family to get that done. So I love that so much because you get kind of like a bonus training session in and you're not, um, putting any extra demands on your families. That's been a huge, huge benefit for me. And then at Mountain Tough, we are, we're just so lucky and we're so blessed for, for seven years, the Mountain Tough staff has trained every single day at noon. So I get a second workout at noon um, because that's a huge part of our culture. So we train together as a staff every day from noon to one and that's like our fun hour. That's where we're experimenting on new innovative workouts and testing things, testing different programs and periodizations. And, and we're able to push each other really hard because training in a team is quite a bit different than training by yourself. And so that's my current, my current schedule is those two sessions a day, five days a week. And I love it. It's been, it's been really awesome. And it, it's a good flow that's not, um, you know, putting too much demands on, on work and in entrepreneurship or the family time. You mentioned training alone and how it's, it's much different to train with others and you're kind of pushed by that. In the app, there's programs that are, I don't, I don't know what your terminology is, but like there's programs that you guys have where it's like, hey, here's the program of the day. It's written down you need to complete these reps, do these things. And sometimes there's recommended rest periods. Yeah. And then there's other programs where you're you're watching, you're part of the session. It's like a, a online class, if you will. So there's athletes in the gym, there's the instructor, for lack of better terms, and it's you're keeping pace with them. There's timers and things like that. I've found that to be super helpful of like, it's easy to look at a written workout and follow it, but not go at the same intensity versus... The programs yeah. that are more video based, like 
they're moving on without you. So you better keep going, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I did want to highlight that because I think it is helpful. There's plenty of people probably listening to this podcast who are like, oh, I hate working out on my own. I don't have the motivation or et cetera. But I mean, even though you may be physically by yourself with the way some of the programs are structured in the app with the video, I think it would really change the game for some people. Yeah, it's pretty cool because the, well, in the app, we have two kinds of programs and this is the same for whether they're beginner, intermediate, elite, or full gym or no gym, but we call it, there's the self-guided programs, which is like your first example where we'll tell you what to do today and then you go do it. And then we have the coached and the coached is, you know, you just hit play and you're going to be with us the whole time. And the country is a, is the country is kind of split on what they like the most. So all those consumer surveys we do on mountain toughers, about 50% of them like self-guided and 50% of them like coached and, uh, the self-guided is really great for like a strength day where you're going to go do some reps and sets on a rack. That's much better in a self-guided format. But the thing I love so much is our most popular product hands down now is in the app and it's called the MGD and that's minimal gear daily. And so what we were trying to do with that product is we were trying to replace that feeling you got when you went to class. So if you go to an awesome CrossFit class or you go to an awesome boot camp functional fitness type class, we wanted to create a product that replaced that experience at home. So you could do that at home, even though you can't make that class. And it's just, it's taken off for sure as our most utilized and popular product there's there's thousands of people that do just that product every single day and so they're in there together you're able to compete with the athletes on screen and benchmark with the athletes on screen but you're also able to see in the comments below of how everyone else is doing that day and i i just love seeing people do that because when when you do a self-guided program or you train by yourself at home or in the gym on your own program or anyone else's program there is these there are these huge opportunities to get distracted and start thinking about work or start checking your phone but the coach programs and the mgds kind of take all that away like like you're with us and you're going uh, there's no time to be distracted and so the training consistency and the training level you get, um, especially when you're trying to compete or keep up with the athletes on screen, it, it does take it to a whole new level, which is kind of that experience you would get at a really good local class. Yeah, I've been doing the MGDs uh, on and off through the fall. Partially, it's like, you know, between hunts, it's like, oh, I'm home for two weeks. I don't want to, you know, be on a structured plan or follow something, but I want to stay active and, you know, maybe a day I'm going to go for a hike. But then in the day, it's like, oh, it'd be great to get a good workout at home today. And so the MGDs are just perfect to hop in at any time, whether, you know, it sounds like a lot of guys are following them strictly, but uh, I've just benefited from them just on those days where it's like, I want to do something today. I'm not on a plan right now. Yeah. Boom, pull up an MGD and just get after it. 
Yeah, it's really cool. And it's it's cool too because the MGDs have been focused, especially recently, of, of the focus is getting a a phenomenal hybrid functional fitness workout in 45 minutes. So that includes your warm-up, which is going to add a lot of mobility, and your cool down, which is going to add a lot of mobility. And then the you know the heart of your workout in an MGD is going to be about 30 minutes. And so for people that are struggling with finding time in their calendar, like, like you're going to be fully taken care of in 45 minutes, which is, which is a huge bang for your buck. Are you guys doing anything? uh, Or, I mean, maybe historically it was do something like, obviously a lot of people kick off goals and fitness related uh, changes around the new year. Uh, and this yeah. podcast will come out somewhat around that. I'm not sure of the exact date, but as we talk now, it's just before Christmas, and this probably is going to come out somewhere around New Year's. I'm, do you guys do anything specific there? Or if you don't, also on that note, maybe someone's listening to this podcast and they're more inspired to get after it. So I guess the second part of the question would be, if there's not something specific you guys are doing, what's a good place for someone who's just new to Mountain Tough or maybe even newer to a fitness journey to hop in and get started for sure yeah there's a lot going on around the lab right now so for the for january 1st it's pretty cool there's a few things to talk about for january we always release some new programs because a lot of people are starting uh, a new lifestyle january a lot of people are also starting new winter focus training blocks. So this January, we're releasing a brand new strength program. So it came out just right after Christmas, and it is a new strength program. It's four days a week, and it is coached by Donnie Bigham. Donnie Bigham was uh, chief of human performance for the U.S. Army, and now he is programming for Mountain Tough. So you'll be coached by Donnie in that program. And it it's all about getting that strength baseline up to get to that baseline that we need to, you to be at from a strength perspective to start working on some of those other fundamentals after reaching baseline. So that's a really great option for hunters to do in the winter. It's always great as a mountain or military athlete to make sure you're kind of revisiting those strength fundamentals in the winter. So that program uh, is out and that's mountain strength. That one is awesome. We also released a brand new kettlebell program. So we have kettlebell diesel, which is strength and speed uh, using a kettlebell. So that's a program where all you're going to need is a kettlebell and a treadmill. And we're going to work on your functional strength a lot, but we're also going to work on your speed and endurance at the same time. So that's an excellent uh, hybrid athlete program for more of that intermediate to elite level. And then we also released a brand new nutrition program. And so we worked with Kyle Camp on that one. And that is nutrition fundamentals for the backcountry hunter. And that is out now. So there's a lot of new stuff in the Mountain Tough app for January this year. Um, in addition to uh, our challenges, our challenges 
every month we release a new challenge in the app. And so those have been a lot of fun. Sometimes it's just a really interesting workout that we want you to get done within the month. But we're, we've been building up to January with our challenges. So the December challenge in the app was the gratitude mile. And some of that comes down to building that mindset. And one of the greatest mindset tools is gratitude. So we worked all December on gratitude. And in the app for January, we're tying that together to with December. But we're going from gratitude every day to applied suffering every day in January. So applied suffering sounds scarier than it is, but applied suffering is just doing something each day for 30 days that you really don't want to do. And so for some people, for 30 days in a row, they're doing a five-minute cold shower. Uh, for some people, they're doing, um, you know, like five minutes of burpees in the morning. So the applied suffering after doing gratitude for 30 days is really forging that mental toughness mindset, especially when they're back to back. So we're going from the gratitude December to the applied suffering January. And, and those are daily five to 10 minutes a day for 30 days in a row. But the cool thing is when Mount Tough started in the early years, we just had three or four really difficult programs, uh, really strenuous, longer programs. And over the last couple of years, we have had a huge focus here internally on taking care of that uh, beginner athlete. So for the beginners out there, we really have a nice pathway now to kind of be along your side and kind of take you through a very safe uh, system. And so the system that we use now for a beginner or someone with an injury or someone who hasn't you know, trained in the last 10 years, we take them through the on-ramp. So we have an on-ramp program for body weight, minimal gear and full gear, depending on how you want to train. And then on-ramps two weeks, and that's kind of introducing you to Mountain Tough and our uh, philosophy with some lighter duty training. And then from on-ramp, we go into foundation. And so for beginners, the on-ramp to foundation path is so awesome. And, you know, regardless of your fitness level, we can get you from step A to B uh, with that on-ramp to foundation pathway. Is the the foundation also have options for like full gym versus minimal equipment versus maybe no gear? It does. Yeah. Yeah. So whether, depending if you go that full gear path or that minimal gear path, there is uh, those options for on-ramp and the foundation. So you go from the two week on-ramp uh, into the four week foundation. Nice. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of other things I, selfishly partially want to roll back to something that's maybe personal to you dustin but i just always like hearing from different people and what they're actually doing versus uh you know all these pie in the sky things that get talked about we talked about your training what do you do recovery supplementation diet i know part of that's personal but i just always you know i'm interested in seeing what people are actually doing so if you don't mind sharing some of that stuff yeah yeah you bet so Recovery wise, I, I have taken that a lot 
more serious than I ever have in my life. And it's really been, it's really been paying off in how I feel. And so I'm 42 this year. And for the last couple of years, I've done a cold plunge each day. So I cold plunge for three to five minutes uh, after all of my noon training sessions. And I'm kind of obsessed with it now. I'm, I'm obsessed with it for two reasons. One, it's that applied suffering. So you really don't want to get in that tank and you have to force yourself to get in that tank. But doing it every single day, it really does build that that mental toughness. So it's like a the mindset is very similar to like a muscle. So it will atrophy if you're not working on it. And so just making myself get in that tank is kind of like training that muscle every day. So that's been cool. But then I really feel like it is pulling a lot of inflammation out of my body. So um, doing that for five minutes every day after my noon training session, like I just feel so good. And I feel like it is pulling a lot of, you know, inflammation out of my joints, my knees, my ankles, and my hips and my shoulders. And then when you get out of a cold plunge, it is, it's kind of like you had like five cups of coffee. So the energy the energy you get out of it is really amazing too. So, so that's been really helpful. Um, I do, I do, I do more stretching than I ever have in my life. So I'm doing quite a bit of uh, longer warm ups, longer cool downs, and then like some some hot yoga type stuff because I I have had some spinal herniations in my discs from heavy back squats and. I really did not want to go the surgery route. And my doctors basically told me, uh, you need to do yoga or you need to do surgery. And so I went the yoga route and it's, it's been a game changer. It, doing that much stretching uh, is something I never thought I would do, but I, I really can't believe how good I feel um, between that and, and the plunges. And then um, my diet's pretty simple. Uh, I actually, with those two training sessions a day, I need a lot of cows. So otherwise, I'm under eating. And so uh, I eat a lot, but I, I keep it really clean. So I do, I do whole foods and um, we use Clean Eats here in the lab. Clean Eats is like an athlete meal the, that's delivered every week, uh, which I know not everyone can do, but but they're just really simple. It's just like your protein, your carbs, your vegetables. And I do that every day for lunch. And um, it's been a really awesome system. I think, you know, a lot of people that are training on mountain tough and a lot of people that are training functionally and training five, six days a week, most of the time we find they're actually under eating. And so the, the under eating can really sneak up on you. Like you're fatigued, uh, you're irritable and you're not recovering well. And I, I've certainly been through that uh, a lot in my life, especially as you're training hard and then busy at work. And and so now I, I hate a lot of cows, but I just try to keep them clean. Steve, you got anything else before we uh, wrap up with Dustin? Hmm, I think I got a million questions, man, but yeah, we'll, <laughs> maybe, maybe save another time. <laughs> Yeah, there's like, to me, there's just so there's some fascinating things on the whole, like you said, the 
neurological side of how the brain feeds the body, uh, the key keys to unlocking. Like I, um, I, I was very into competitive mountain uh, cross country mountain biking for about 10 years. And it, it, it built up a baseline of endurance for me. And that's why I kept asking about like, like, you know, not cheat codes, but like how, uh, how can you get, how can guys get to that level faster? Right. Um, mm-hmm. cause it took, I noticed just, you know, incremental over, this is riding five, six, seven days a week for almost a decade where, uh, over that time, the, the endurance level got to where there's, I've certainly, I'm sure you felt this way too. You could be on, I feel like I could hunt indefinitely. I could be 40 days straight in the mountains and then feel good on that last day as the first. Um, yeah. but I know there's, there's gotta be ways to, to break through that faster. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, this stuff's just fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah, it's really awesome stuff. Well, Dustin, thanks for the time. Uh, might have to do it again. Maybe we'll get a bunch of listener questions and stuff like that. But uh, before we do let you go, uh, I know you guys are easy to find, but if you can just kind of recap, like the best places to get the app or the website or socials, all that good stuff, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, super easy to find. So everything's on mountaintough.com. And when this episode comes out, it'll be during our biggest sale of the year. Every January, we put our annual subscription out on a killer discount. So in January, you should see that right there on the homepage. And then all you need to do is click start free trial. So it's cool with Mountain Tough. Everyone starts on a 14-day free trial, either if you pick the monthly or the annual option, you're still going to start on those 14 days for free. And so you could get through that whole on-ramp program in those 14 days uh, and poke around the app completely. Um, So you can check out all the programs on-ramp, all our mental toughness curriculum, nutrition curriculum uh, before you make a final decision. So that's really cool. uh, Just on mountaintough.com. And then we are on, you know, all the social media as well at at Mountain Tough Fitness. Well, there you have it, guys. Don't forget to check out the link in the show description if you want to see what Mountain Tough has to offer and take advantage of that free trial. And that includes the new programs that they just released. Thanks again to Dustin for joining us on this conversation. If you guys have any questions for us, send an email to podcast at exomountaingear.com. And if you haven't yet, hit subscribe or follow in your podcast app so that you receive future episodes automatically, and we'll talk to you soon.